magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the hotline and bring on investigative columnist for the Daily Signal, Tony Kennett, one of the best. Tony, uh, again, to start off, when is your new show, your new nightly show here on WIBC? When does that start? Starts on November 6th with all of the pomp and circumstance that you would expect. The live stream is going to be hopping. Yeah. We've got all kinds of good stuff coming and going when it comes to that show, so you're not going to want to miss it. And you got a terrific lead in, i got to tell you. Right? Oh, I, the best of the business. <laughs> so, November 6th, starting at 7 o'clock. What's it called officially? The Tony Kinnett Cast. Tony and that's Kinnett called cast, cast because it's both a broadcast and a podcast. Right on. All right. Any number of places we could start. Uh, I think it's been some, I think it's been 18 days since the massacre, the terrorist attack in Israel by Hamas. So we'll just, I just want to start with your overall thoughts about how that war in Israel is unfolding. What are you seeing? Why has the ground invasion into Gaza been delayed? Um, and, and then maybe we can transition into some of the reactions from colleges and universities and celebrities here in the United States. Absolutely. So as everyone remembers, the attack was incredibly brutal. It involved murdering yes. children in their homes in front of their parents, according to a lot of the horrific footage. Uh, filmed by Hamas as they were doing it from GoPros that those uh, animals were wearing as they broke into houses and they, they raped women and children and they killed, slaughtered, tortured children in front of their parents. Absolutely horrible stuff. And they were not saying we're here to defeat Zionism. They, they were on film saying we are here to kill as many Jews as possible. And the first place that they assaulted, by the way, was a pro-two-state solution pro kind of Palestinian music festival, a peace rally. So it wasn't about killing uh, Zionists. It was about killing Jews. And ever since then, everyone has kind of started slowly walking back to that. Well, both sides are really at fault here. And it's such a troubled history there. And you hear this from Biden's White House. Israel really needs to remember the laws of war. And the United (laughs) States needs to be careful that that we don't desist into Islamophobia like after 9-11. And you hear this from everyone, from Karine Jean-Pierre, you hear this from Biden, this lecturing like, we're the ones who need to be lectured. You know, Israel needs to, because if you let those Jews defend themselves, oh, it's going to be genocide and massacre and whatever. And AOC got out there and, and Rashida Tlaib got out there and they lectured Israel for cutting off its supply of electricity and power to northern Gaza, which, by the way, Israel only contributes five to 10 percent total of that region's electricity and water. So everything was basically still running, except, you know, AOC's crying in the parking lot over Israel not supplying water and electricity to people who were celebrating in the streets that Hamas had brought home raped and savaged hostages, including American citizens, into Israel. 
And now this is just what floors me. You have Karijan Pierre and Biden telling me that I need to be careful that I don't embrace Islamophobia. Do you remember right after George <laughs> Floyd was killed? And how all over the country, radical black activists that were that were BLM activists, progressives, were running around saying all white people are bad. All white people have privilege. All white people have white supremacy. We are all oppressors, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, strangely, though, now this doesn't apply. So, you, you look at the Israel situation. And you have all of these pro-Palestine, pro-Hamas protests around the country. All of a sudden, it's not okay to say, you know, all types of, of Muslim people that say that they want to kill Jews, they're not, you know, really you need to be careful of the Islamophobia here. You don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't remember Biden coming out after George Floyd and saying, well, remember, guys, all lives matter. You don't. No. You don't see that. There is an incredible double standard here at play, which is whenever this this green Muslim axis with red Marxist axis, whenever they get hurt, they're the first to say, we're the ultimate victim. Just remember, don't be Islamophobic. Don't do anything bad. Remember, you remember the rules of war. Meanwhile, 1,500 Jews, including women and children, have been raped and shot and burned alive over in Israel, and everyone expects them not to attack. And, oh, don't, don't go a ground war in. You don't want to fight a war over the that's not how it works. If, if you get hit, you punch back 10, 10 times as hard. That's how you win a fight. And why do, are you surprised Israel hasn't gone in yet? Well, I feel like they have to kind of delay because they went and talked to the president. And the first thing that the president of the United States did while clambering up the stairs awkwardly to Air Force One was turn around to the journalists and reveal half of Israel's strategy for the ground invasion to the media, which you're kind of not supposed to do in like very quiet backroom conversations about military strategy, the kind of strategy that's going to determine how many people are alive or dead. And the president of the United States in his dementia-ridden state is blabbering about the Israeli military strategy so bad that the Department of Defense immediately <laughs> had to start walking it back and doing damage control. <laughs> and I don't blame Israel wow, for yeah. delaying the ground invasion. It's, yeah, it's you, you, this is something you can't just walk in there. Invasion. You can't just – it's got to be a slow, methodical – process especially with all the the spider web of miles of tunnels underneath the underneath Gaza well it has to be a slog because Hamas refuses to stop hiding behind human shields so people you will know, say well Israel would be responsible if they leveled the area no Israel told everyone to evacuate to southern Gaza and yet Hamas has literally been holding up its own citizens at gunpoint telling them if you leave we will shoot because they want Israel to be forced to kill Palestinian civilians when fighting Hamas. I hear these chants all across the country. Even right here, there's been a few pro-Palestinian demonstrations on Monument Circle. I, I hear free Palestine a lot. I chant that over and over again. I'm thinking, yeah, free Palestine from Hamas. That is the problem. It's not Israel. Yeah, they won't say that. None of them will condemn Hamas. I was down on Monument Circle. I asked protester after protester, do you condemn Hamas? You know, do you support Palestinian people governing themselves, not governing Hamas? And they won't do it. And by the way, the people in Palestine are overwhelmingly supportive of Hamas. Every poll that we run, every poll that we analyze, people are very in support of Hamas. They were elected back in 2006 and 2007. And the people have over-enthusiastically supported Hamas, staying in power as one of these client states of Iran mm -hmm. and their yes. genocidal regime. 
I mean, it, it, Palestine's government and the overwhelming support of the majority is Hamas. It is. Speaking that, with that's uh, just the fact. Speaking with Tony Kennett back here on the homeland, it's interesting. I saw an article up on the Daily Signal with the with the headline: "Donors pull support after Harvard and UPenn fail to condemn Hamas and the terrorist attacks." Are you seeing? Somewhat of a pushback of corporations and donors for these pro-Palestinian havens that are the well, uh, the Ivy League schools. It's really what the pro-Palestinian havens, the pro-Hamas havens, yes. have formed themselves as. And, and in the United States, that's Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter chapters all over the country, including a few national chapters, had put out statements saying that what the Palestinians are going through is exactly the same as the black oppression in the United States, which is just the absolute stupidest thing that anyone's ever posted on social media. Um, Other than reproductive justice equals free Palestine, which that might be dumber. But yeah, that that was a poster in a Chicago protest this last weekend. Okay, But anywho, so there are all of these organizations, many of which are rooted in universities, all of these companies and universities had been supporting in 2020. Remember Coca-Cola had that big, huge Black Lives Matter message, and that was a huge part of their branding for a while. Sure. Well, Coca-Cola has just quietly removed all of the Black Lives Matter stuff from its website and all of its social media because the Black Lives Matter chapters have revealed that they're just a bunch of Jew-hating, Christian-hating, everyone that isn't black-hating organizations. And, and hating people that are black as well, you know, if you don't subscribe to the same kind of insane nonsense that came up out of the 70s and the 80s. So here we are where you have these donors, many of whom are Jewish, many of whom are Christian, many of whom don't believe in this kind of insane rhetoric, who are wondering, you know, wait a minute, why am I giving half a billion dollars to Harvard if Harvard won't even protect my family members on campus? You know, you have situations in New York, situations in Illinois, South Carolina, Texas, California, in which Jewish students on campuses are being followed around by individuals from these pro-Palestinian groups, a lot of them not United States citizens. And these donors are wondering why they're giving money. I mean, that's what happened at UPenn, so they're just pulling out. Because why fund an organization that hates you? It's it's stunning to me to see the the images of these pro Hamas supporting idiots walking around campuses and tearing down um, the, the photos of missing people that are being held hostage and, or uh, possibly dead in Israel. Have you seen that? I have. And, And the question that I would ask the rest of the country is, Hey, remember when individuals were running around the country, students were walking out of classrooms saying there is so much horrible black oppression in the United States. And if you even question why a black person in this police situation was shot, that makes you a vehement white supremacist. All of a sudden, the rules have changed. And the rules have changed and the goalposts have shifted because it is politically convenient for the progressive millennials, Generation Z, which is really the main driving force of this crowd. Because the older you get in the United States right now, the more you support uh, Israel and you support defeating anti-Semitism. But the younger crowds of progressives, all of a sudden the rules change because it's politically expedient to. It is classic Marxism. It is straight out of history. And it's disturbing to watch. Your background, Tony, of course, is in education. Uh, You worked for IPS. 
and you were a STEM administrator. I wanted to get your take, and you also exposed critical race theory being taught at IPS, which, by the way, which was one of the reasons why you were no longer there. Here's the headline out of Oregon. The state of Oregon cans high school writing, reading, and math requirements to legally graduate, citing harm to students of color. So basically, um, <laughs> Oregon is joining the list of states dumbing down education. Apparently, math and reading and writing are no longer requirements to graduate. Now, this is a thing that I've dealt with before. Uh, it was one of the last things that I reported on before I left IPS in which Indiana University was being brought in to basically condemn our math standards because they were they were too racist. Because the idea is, if you have a large amount of black students that are failing, the problem is not whether or not they have a good home life. The problem is not whether or not they have access to good education materials. The problem must be that the standards are racist, because why else would a student fail unless someone was being racist against them? Now, of course, the data actually says that it's how many parents you have at home, the data says that it's the economic factors of, of income areas and socioeconomic factors that determine how likely you are to succeed. But it's easier, as Gloria Ladson Billings put, to just blame it on race. So Oregon is the latest state to do this. For five years, they're going to suspend math, reading, and writing requirements in order to graduate, which <laughs> I don't know about you, but I kind of thought that was the whole point of school, I know. to make sure a kid could <laughs> read, write, and do math. And it's, like you said in your headline, it's it's soft bigotry of, of low expectation. Absolutely. So there's this idea that a lot of progressive Karens have, that they say, <laughs> well, black people could never get an ID. That's why voter ID laws are racist, because it's a lot of work to require a voter ID law. So that's kind of a, a subsequent field to this, and that's the idea of, of bigotry. Oh, you're saying black and Hispanic people aren't smart enough to go get an ID? You know, like when Biden would say, you know, not just the not just the uh, the rich kids, but the black kids. Yes. Too. Tony, what are you working on on the Daily Signal? Uh, we contacted a Manhattan school that has refused to release information regarding a Jewish student that was attacked by pro-Palestinian kids. And uh, they decided to throw up the, oh, we can't tell you anything because of FERPA, which is a federal law about education rights and privacy. That's not what that law is for. And not only has that school done that, but schools like South Madison, Pendleton, they've pulled that crap, and a lot yeah. of schools do it. It's not how the law works, and we're going to expose it. Tony Kennett, Daily Signal, at the Tonus on Twitter X. Tony, have a great week. Thanks, man. You too. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.